May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, our Savior, who is risen and soon to be ascended. Amen. Some of you have heard me make this dad observation, this old guy observation. I think that every young person should, at some point, have these two very different jobs, food service and being a custodian. I'll leave the janitor work alone, but I will take a little survey now. How many of you have ever worked in the food industry? Hmm, quite a show of hands. Fast food? Mm-hmm. Catering? A sit-down restaurant? Were you in the kitchen? Were you a greeter? Were you a busser? Were you on the waitstaff? Bussing tables and sweeping floors are probably not the jobs you want for the rest of your life. Most people wouldn't. But we all need to learn that someone is working quite hard to make sure your hotel room is clean or your pizza is hot and on time. This isn't only a modern issue. The first Christians also had to sort out different ways of serving. May the Holy Spirit give us expectant hearts and attentive ears to discover the good news hidden in Acts 6 with this theme, serving tables and servants of the word. People God dearly loves. I'll start with some backstory, but then I'll give you a Greek lesson. The early church in Jerusalem had their priorities in the right order. Here is Acts 2.42 a verse describing the new Christians after Pentecost. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And here is what we read only two verses later. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Near the end of chapter 4, Luke reports this about these first believers in Christ. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds and laid them at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to each as any had need. The body of Christ was growing. The word of God continued to increase. The number of the disciples multiplied greatly. We hear in verse 7 of today's first reading. One scholar suggests that there may have been 20,000 or even 25,000 Christians in Jerusalem only weeks after Jesus' ascension and the gift of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. Verse 7 also tells us that a great many of the Jewish priests became obedient to the faith. But it wasn't all peachy keen. Chapter 6 begins with this description. A complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows, those of the Hellenists, were being neglected in the daily distribution of food and perhaps of some money. The Greek lesson doesn't start here, but something is happening between the Hebrews, 
Jews who spoke Hebrew in their synagogues and Aramaic in the marketplace, and the Hellenists, those Jews who had lived in foreign countries and had lost the mother tongues. They read scripture in the Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. And for some reason, the Hellenist widows weren't receiving a fair share of the charity distribution that the church was providing to those with a need. Now, it's time for the Greek lesson. If you have a pen or pencil, you could take it out. But if you don't, just try to hang on to this until you get out to your car or drive home. A certain word shows up in the Acts 6 narrative three times. It's the same word, but it's translated three different ways. The word is diakonia. Spell it D-I-A-K-O-N-I-A. I'll get a little bit ahead of myself to say this, but we turn diakonia into the words deacon and deaconess. It shows up first in the opening verse of Acts 6. Here it's translated distribution. The widows of the Hellenist community were being neglected in the daily diakonia. It shows up next in verse 2, when the 12 say this to the full number of disciples, it could be thousands of them, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. The English word serve is the Greek word diakonane, it's the verb. The third time it shows up is in verse 4, when the 12 offer a solution for more equitable care for the Hellenist widows. They suggest choosing seven men to share the serving and distributing duty so that they, the apostles, can devote themselves to prayer and the ministry, the diakonia of the word. As I said a moment ago, diakonia has become the English word deacon. It's not really critical how that word is used by some 21st century Christians. What is important is that the church is still charged to care for widows and orphans and others who are struggling with the burdens of life. In Jerusalem, they needed food. So Stephen and six other deacons were given the responsibility of making sure that no one was overlooked, that all were cared for, that all were fed, the 12, 11 of them originally chosen by Jesus, with Matthias chosen by Lot to replace Judas after his suicide, are then free to do what they are called to do, to make sure that all are fed with the bread of life, the nourishment of the good news of Christ Jesus. And the problem is solved. Physical needs and spiritual needs are both met. And the early church does this because it is built on the solid foundation of Jesus, the cornerstone. So how does this impact us? And how does this impact me? I'm going to pause to tell you that I didn't originally want to use this scripture reading for my sermon this morning. I didn't have to. No one told me to do so, but I chose to, even though I think it would have been easier to use 1 Peter 2 
or John 14. But here's why I decided to use Acts 6, because I need to wrestle with this portion of God's word. I need to wrestle with this because I can be distracted and deceived and discouraged. I can be distracted by doing too many other things around here, maybe washing the window on the door outside of my study, the outside window, which I haven't done very well. There's smears all over it. Two, maybe spending my time imagining categories and questions for a trivia contest. I'm also frequently deceived by the impulse to do what attracts attention to me, not to our Lord and Savior. And I can be discouraged, wondering why I'm not getting more results after 36 years here at Crown of Life, which is another deception, thinking that pastoral ministry is measured in results. So I neglect not the Hellenist widows. I neglect all of you by not devoting myself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. But I am certain, totally, fully certain of this, our Lord's complete forgiveness. And I'm also confident and glad that you, God's saints, in this part of the visible body of Christ, have frequently forgiven me and will forgive me again for my failures. But I do ask for your prayers and your encouragement as I desire to strive for correct priorities, not to serve at tables, but to be a servant of the word, to be a faithful pastor who is bold like Stephen, bold to speak the truth about the righteous one who came to rescue the unrighteous, to be a faithful pastor who unashamedly points to Jesus, who alone is the way and the truth and the life, the crucified Lord who does not hold our sin against us and who takes us to the Father's house, to be a faithful pastor who proclaims what Peter proclaimed. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once we were not a people, we were lost, straying, wandering, but God showed us mercy he sought us. He claimed us. He washed us. He made us his chosen race, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, his prized possession. The Hellenist widows in Jerusalem needed to be fed, and they were. So do the children and youth and the younger and the older disciples here at Crown of Life Lutheran Church because we all are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. You need, I need, we need the bread of life that is and brings salvation. May our Lord grant us this nourishment using this deacon, this servant, to deliver the good news to you Sunday after Sunday. Month after month, year after year, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.